Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. The first preseason game is in the books. And before we get any takeaways, we both are talking about how uneventful it was. And when you look at past Colts preseasons, to have an uneventful preseason game, I don't know about you, I couldn't be more happier to come out of that Bills game on Saturday. Really not much to talk about, especially injury-wise. Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, you've got a situation with Isaiah Rogers that's going to need some watching, but, you know, he's in the concussion protocol and he'll work through it. Uh, there was some concern about Brandon Faison, but he was back on the field to start the week in practice, so he's fine. Uh, I think Kiki Kuti is probably the other guy with a groin injury uh, that, that could be out for a little bit, but, uh, you know, nothing on the scale of what we've seen in years past. No uh, no trades needing to be made, no no waiver wire moves necessary to replace anybody it's it's kind of nice to just kind of have a game come and go and move on to the next one that game did come and go and we saw you know matt ryan finally in a colts uniform for the first time the starters played for the most part about a quarter up there in buffalo one of the big takeaways one of the talking points george coming out of the first preseason game is the wide receiver right this is going to be a topic of conversation all you know preseason heading into the season and then obviously from there on with their lack of experience really outside of Michael Pittman Jr. We saw Alec Pierce for the first time. We saw Paris Campbell back on the field for a little bit. All these tight ends that are our question marks as well. The wide receiver group is going to a lot of attention and at least in the first preseason game did not have their best start. What were your overall takeaways? Any reason for concern after their first uh, debut? Yeah, I mean, I think coming in, you know, a lot of people felt like I'm one of them, felt like they probably would be well served to go get a veteran receiver and, and boost that group. And I don't think there was anything that happened Saturday that really changes your mind on that. You know, I don't know if it increased concerns at all, but it certainly didn't quell any of them. You know, I, I don't think anybody feels better about that situation after watching that game. Uh, they're, obviously, they're not doing a lot. I mean, Jonathan Taylor didn't even play in the game. He's going to change a lot of things for this offense, clearly. Uh, they weren't scheming. They weren't trying to really, you know, scheme guys open. Uh, and it was a really vanilla offense. I think that you can watch uh, the All-22 on a couple plays, and Matt Ryan didn't really – he wasn't real aggressive. He wasn't looking downfield the way that he probably would if that game was real and it counted. So, you know, it's it was a boring game by design, I think. Uh, but you would like to see them win more of those one-on-one -on -one battles. I think that's what that was about. How are they going to do in press coverage? How are they going to do when it's just them against the other guy? And, you know, Buffalo won, won more of those than, than the Colts did. So moving forward, you want to see that corrected, especially since it was the, the Bills twos. You know, I think that's the other thing that right. really kind of stands out there. Um, the, the best matchup probably was a Kyrie Elam against 
Pierce because it was a first mm-hmm. rounder against the Colts second rounder and they both won a rep against each other. So I think that's a good, a good showing for the rookie. Um, but really outside of Pierce and Pittman, I think the other wide receivers, not the running backs and the tight ends had six catches for 45 yards. And you want to see more than that. I don't care if it's the first preseason game or a practice or whatever you want more production than that. You could be the voice of reason here, George, because I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but are these coming out of the first game? To your point, the wide receivers, especially out of Pittman and Pierce, Harris Campbell had a you know a bad drop per se, and you know you really want to see him get off to a good start after his first two years have been injury riddled. But it's like I feel personally, and maybe this is overconfidence. We'll see. But I think the Colts have the, the two really important pieces when it comes to at least getting the most out of the wide receivers and having the whole be greater than the sum of the parts. And that's Frank Reich, and that's Matt Ryan. Now, again, like you mentioned, it was very vanilla. They weren't really trying to, you know, do too much scheme-wise and get these guys open. But you see the struggles, at least one-on-one getting open, especially when you're playing against a more physical defense like Buffalo was showing early on. But at least for me, I'm not too concerned, at least right now, it's because when you have Frank Reich, he is one of the best offensive minds, you know, we have in this game. And I feel like he's almost underrated in a part because – the quarterback, you know, carousel that's been going on in Indy, he's never had any comfortability and any, you know, continuity with anyone he's had. It's a brand new quarterback. And a lot of times you're going from one style to another. So it's even tough to kind of build off of that. But he has done a tremendous job, whether it's running backs, receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, of making their job easy, like getting them open just through, you know, scheme, looking at what the defense is and, and kind of using what the defense is doing and putting them against themselves to get guys open. And when you look at Matt Ryan coming on in, basically being a coach on the field, I think those two guys are positioned enough to where they will get the most out of the Colts receivers. So even though we saw on Saturday, like you mentioned, not a great showing and physically, especially a little bit concerning come regular season, maybe at least right now, I'm not too concerned. Cause I do think the Colts have, when it get, comes to getting the most out of the receivers, the two most important pieces outside of obviously the receiving core to do so and, and head coach and quarterback at practice so far in one preseason game, would you concur George? Or are you still maybe, a little more concerned from what you've seen outside of just the one preseason game. Yeah, no, I think Frank Reich does a great job. I think everything you said there, I agree with. I think Matt Ryan is a coach on the field and they've talked about that. Every one of them has talked about, you know, he'll get, he'll stop him in the hallway and talk about a route. You know, how, if, if you do this on it, uh, it'll change this and, and they'll go out on the field and see it happen. And it just makes you believe in him more uh, because you know, what he tells them is working. So they're, they're ready to follow him. I think that'll make a big difference. I think the other thing that was kind of underrated about that game, the tight ends played pretty well, and they'll be a big part of this as well. Uh, Jelani Woods had a rough start. I know he was out there with threes, but, you know, he catches a touchdown in his first game, made a nice play. Uh, you like to see that. I think Kylan Granton had a pretty good game. Ogletree had a touchdown call back. He's had a really good, strong camp. I think Moali Cox is going to be a factor for this offense. So, you know, there are other ways. Naheem Hines is going to be a big factor in that passing game, obviously. Um, and then once Jonathan Taylor gets on the field, everything right. changes anyway. So I don't think it's a massive concern, um, but it is, I think, you know, going in, if you were worried about this group, they didn't do much to change your mind. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point for sure. I'm glad you brought the tight ends because there's a lot of unknown, right? A lot of question marks, especially with Jack Doyle retiring now, more like Cox gets elevated. But there's one thing about this group, and we saw it on Saturday, that is for sure, their size. I mean, they, you talk about giants on the field, Jelani Woods, you know, Kylan Granton bringing the speed that we saw in a nice fourth down conversion. This is going to be a unit where, you know, again, kind of goes back to the wide receivers. We have concerns there. Maybe they are not truly dominating in a way. This this tight end room, although inexperienced, so massive question marks about how they produce come week one in the regular season. 
you talk about a size advantage. I think Frank Reich and Matt Ryan could use well. I think we saw, like I said, a slight glimpse of that on Saturday. But there's reason for optimism when it comes to a tight end group full of youngsters and question marks. Yeah, absolutely. And there's not a lot of experience, like you said, in either of those groups. That's one of the things that I think I personally would still like to see a veteran receiver come in here just because you wonder if you go to, say, Baltimore and wild card weekend, you know, how, do, how does this young group respond to that? We don't know. You'll find out as the, as the season plays out. I think I would feel more comfortable if there was another veteran wide receiver in there. But I also get what they're doing, especially right now. They want to take a long look at these guys. They want to see what they have. Uh, you got one of them back on Tuesday in, in Mike Strawn. He went through his first practice, hasn't been out there since the very early days of OTAs in the spring. You want to see, you know, what can these guys do? You want to give them a fair shot. And you know what T.Y. Hilton can do, for instance. If you bring him in, you know what you're getting there. Uh, when OBJ gets healthy, if he's on the radar, you know what he brings to the team. You don't know necessarily what a Mike Strawn and Ashton Doolin can do. And so why not give them that run and, and, and check it out right now? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Was there any talk, George, after Saturday, whether it was, you know, after the game or maybe the last few days um, at practice? Is there any talk of, you know, maybe the Colts being more inclined or more motivated to bring in, you know, a T.Y. Hilton or a veteran receiver? I mean, there's chatter outside the team, obviously, because mm -hmm. you're going to have it, uh, but it hasn't really increased. But, you know, Chris Ballard has been open this whole offseason that the, the T.Y. is still in contact with the team. There's still talks between the two of them. And I think it's really a matter of finding that role. Uh, both compensation wise and then what what role will he have on the team uh, to make that fit? And I, I don't know, you know, when when does the clock run out on that? I don't know. Is it something that if somebody gets injured in October, or November, you revisit it? You know, does it happen before? It's probably not going to happen before they leave camp. You've only got two weeks left there, but it, it's it's not it's not been ruled out, I guess, is the thing. T.Y.'s name is going to hover over this team until Chris Ballard or Frank Wright goes and steps in front of a microphone and says, that's no longer a possibility or he signed somewhere else. What I don't get George is I guess, what's the downside for a guy like T Y Hilton who knows his system knows these guys really well. And like you said, the wide receiver group, especially is so inexperienced. I don't think he has a lot of juice left in the tank. Personally. Um, we saw, you know, slight flashes last year, but really for the most part, I think that's really what you're going to get going forward. What's the, what's the downside? Unless he thinks he's still, you know, a, a strong number two and is expecting, you know, 40, 45 snaps a game. I don't see the downside so far in bringing T.Y. Hilton back and mentoring a lot of these young, inexperienced receivers. I think he'd be a really good voice in that room, and I think that's one of the things that you're looking for right now. You know, he's a guy that can kind of 
he's seen it all. He's done it all. He can break down tape in a different way than these guys can. You know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things that he brings off the field that I think would really help. But I do think a lot of it's that role. You know, what's he willing to accept? It can be hard when you've been as good as he was for as long as he was to say, come in and, and, and be a number four. You know, if that's what they're offering, I don't know exactly how those talks have gone, but that can be hard to do. And, and I understand that. Uh, and he may be waiting and, and seeing how things play out. And he may decide, you know, he's got kids. His his oldest son is mm-hmm. starting to play at higher levels of the game. He may decide he just wants to watch him and, and call it a career. Two more things, at least on Saturday's preseason game before I move forward, George. Obviously, just like last year, it's going to happen again this year. The left tackle question is going to be, uh, you know, our left tackle position is going to be a big question. Matt Pryor got the start, you know, seemingly does have the upper hand going, you know, throughout the entirety of training camp heading into week number one. Anything you saw Saturday kind of either nudge him a little forward towards that starting role and maybe reel him back into the pack and have, you know, some real concern kind of bubble to the surface? Yeah, you know, I, I think he's going to be who he is. I think he's he's a solid guy. He's not going to be spectacular by any means. He's going to get beat a few times by the speed guys. Early in camp, Yannick Ngakwe was kind of wearing him out because he's that smaller. He's, he's kind of the exact guy who's going to give him trouble, that smaller speed rusher. But he kind of he's adjusted as time has gone on and they're one on ones and he's done a much better job of when he gets his hands into Ngakwe first, he usually wins that rep. And I think he's going to take that over to the field. You know, he's he's not been a starter, but he's a veteran guy. He's been around for a while now. Fourth year guy. He has chemistry with this group, which I think is really important. Probably the most important thing on that offensive line is how they all work together. Uh, and in particular, he's got chemistry with the guy right next to him, Quentin Nelson. They're out there every day before practice. They have their own little pre-practice routine that they go through. They're studying tape together. It's, you know, they're they're really bonding. And I think that's going to give him a leg up as, as you move forward, too. But ultimately, he's going to have to protect Matt Ryan. None of that matters if he gives up a huge sack and, you know, the ball's out. No one's going to say, well, he's he's bonding well with Q, so forget about that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think the other part of it is Bernard Ryman is coming along like a rookie, like a third-round rookie would. He's got a lot of raw talent. I think there's a real future for him. But right now, he's not really in a position to seriously challenge prior where he's at in his development right now. I like Frank Reich playing Ryman. What I think he had the most snap count, if I believe correctly, in the offense of of anyone that played in the game. You're, he's getting a lot of work, which I love. You know, I know preseason is always one of those things where either you want to, you know, don't play your guys at all or get them in and get them out as quick as possible. Frank Reich kind of, if you want to say, threw caution to the wind with that. Absolutely did so. But kind of just thinking about this too, George. And look, maybe I'm putting too much on Matt Ryan. It's maybe it's one of those things where because you know what we went through last year with, with Carson Wentz being there and a lot of the questions and, and Frank having to kind of cater the entire offense to almost make it as easy as possible for for Carson Wentz instead of vice versa. Then maybe now you have Matt Ryan and then almost overrating what he can do. But I kind of look at the left tackle spot kind of similar to the receivers where it's like you have a guy now, Matt Ryan, who sure at 37 is not very nimble. You know, never was a guy who made plays with his legs, but he anticipates. He gets the ball. He knows where he's going with the ball and can throw guys open instead of just waiting for guys to come open. A lot like what Philip Rivers did in 2020, where obviously we know last year Carson Wentz held onto the ball a lot. You know, really had to see guys open and really try to take the big shot down the field instead of taking the easy completion. That's going to help out whoever's playing left tackle, especially, like I said, if it's going to be uh, prior to start. I mean, Matt Ryan's going to be his best friend and really one of the guys that's going to help him do his job the best. Yeah, Matt Ryan's going to get rid of that ball in a hurry. It's a lot like Phil Rivers. It really is. It feels a lot like that out here at camp. We didn't really have a camp, per se, with with Rivers. You know, he was it was back at the facility, and it was very limited. You know what 2020 was like around the league. It was 
you, you didn't have the same locker room. You didn't have anything that, that you have now. Uh, but there's a lot of that same, a lot's on the pre-snap read. A lot is on, you know, the release from the quarterback. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's going to be a guy that, that he, he, he's not mobile per se, but he, he feels the, the rush and he feels the pocket. Some of that anticipation goes there too. It's not just on the throw. He kind of knows where to go and where to step up. And I also think he's going to be a guy like Peyton Manning used to do. If the play is just shot and you know it, he's just going to go down and, and live to, to, to see the next down, you know, that's his mentality. And I, I think you'll see that when it, when need be too. So that's all the offense covered so far, at least from the first preseason game. On the flip side, quickly, George, the defense. Look, like you said, it's going to be a very vanilla, vanilla scheme. But you mentioned the thing before, and I, I want to get your thoughts here. Because obviously when you look at the defense, right, you think of right away Shaquille Leonard, and then you think of Kenny Moore. But you look at a, a new guy they brought in in Ngakwe, who, like you said, they brought him in to get some pass rush. The Colts were one of the worst teams getting after the quarterback last year. Is it too much to say that they kind of need – yeah, uh, and Gakwe to be their MVP defensively? No, I don't think so. I think he's the most important piece on that side of the ball. I mean, uh, as you said, they couldn't get to the quarterback. And this scheme's a little bit different. Obviously, it's in the same family. It's, a, it's on the family tree. It's a little bit different than they were in before, but it's still so much depends on that front four getting pressure, getting to those quarterbacks, making the ball come out, you know, more quickly or, or even tipping it, you know, leading to some of those takeaways. Uh, and I think Ngakwe is he's the engine that's going to drive that. Uh, the things that he can do to to maybe take some pressure off at DeForest Buckner, maybe he'll only see double teams this year instead of triple teams. Uh, things that he can do to help out a guy like Quiddy Pay over on the other side and, and maybe get him uh, another second, you know, to get to a quarterback. And Stephon Gilmore is going to factor into that as well. Maybe he makes a guy hold on to it that split second longer, a pressure becomes a sack. But I think Ngakwe is, is the single most important guy on that side of the ball because – if he can get in there and he can disrupt the the pocket and he can make, you know, defensive court offensive coordinators worry about him the week leading up to the game, it's going to open up so many things for Leonard. It's going to open up so many things for Buckner. It's going to open up so many things for pay. Uh, to me, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say he's the key to this defense. And you look too down the stretch, some of these games, the Colts lost, not just in 2021, but even in past years as well. It's been the quarterback having three, four, five, six seconds to make a throw. And even in Matt Eberflus's old system of kind of dropping back, keeping everything in front of you, it's impossible to guard anyone in the NFL as a DB or a linebacker or a safety for four, five, six seconds. So I, I'm with you, George. This is, we saw a slight glimpse. He played a little bit, obviously, in week uh, or in preseason game number one, but I'm with it. And Gakwe is going to be a huge, huge piece, not just for himself to get after the quarterback, but like I said, get that full defensive line unlocked, get more one on ones on the other side for Quiddy Pay, get to Forrest Buckner some one on ones which that poor guy last year got to the point where I think they'd be triple teaming him every single play because that was the only guy that was really worth uh, worth a threat for sure. We will be back on Thursday to recap all of the craziness from these next two days of joint practices between the, the Lions and the Colts. George will provide us his counter for how many fights do break out uh, over these next two days, but also talk about the areas of concern, areas that have impressed so far in these big two practices between Detroit and the Colts. Make sure you like and download and subscribe to our podcast. The Blue Horseshoe will be coming to you every Tuesday, Thursday in the preseason three days a week come season time. So we'll get you all caught up on all the news, all the reaction to the Colts. So again, make sure you like subscribe and download to the blue horseshoe podcast on Odyssey. We'll talk to you right here on Thursday.